I'm just going to move right into our sermon. Okay, so we're going to do, we'll do the offering afterwards. Um, there again, right? Abnormal. We're okay with this. Um, so if you would, just turn in your Bibles to our scripture reading for this morning. It's out of Genesis, Genesis chapter 8. It is page 11 in your pew Bible. If you would please stand with me, we're going to go ahead and read this. I'm not even sure if, if Shannon is aware of what we're teaching on, but we're teaching on Noah. So, um, Genesis chapter 8, verses 2, we're going to read through 19 today. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of heaven had been closed. The rain had stopped. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. On the 17th day of the 17th month, the ark came to rest in the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened a window that he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. It kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find anywhere to perch because there was water over the surface of the earth. So he returned to Noah at the ark. He reached out his hand and he took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and began and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive branch. Then Noah knew the water had receded from the earth, and he waited seven more days and sent out the dove again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wives, your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase it in number. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds. Everything that moves on the land came out of the ark, one kind after another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Today we're talking about patience, but we're going to rehearse a little bit about Noah. Noah, Genesis chapter 6 through 9, four words. You remember? This is one of my favorite parts. Right? What's the first word? Prepare. 
Okay, prepare. And that's a lot of what was shared this morning. There's been a time of preparation. But we also talked, when we talked about preparing for rain, there were things that we had talked about because Noah, to prepare for rain, had to build a ark, right? So the question that we had at the beginning or at the end of that, of that sermon was, what's your ark? It's an understanding that, that rain is coming. The ground is opening up, right? That's what we're seeing and understanding, both spiritually and physically. There's things that we're seeing physically that let us know that spiritually the ground is opening up. The springs are coming forth and the rain is coming down. It's coming. Get prepared. And each one of us has our own preparation. We're not all the same, are we? And that's what, when Paul talks about the body of Christ that we're all parts of the body, but we all work together, right? So there's this rain coming. Not one of us is Noah that's going to save the world. But together, if you're preparing what God has called you to prepare, and I do what God has called me to do to prepare, then just like our puzzle in the back, all of our pieces start locking together. And we build the ark that those who don't know him need. Now, since we talked about building your ark, I've had a lot of people come up and talk to me about their ark. Which I think, just at the the very beginning and at the very forefront of it all, it's awesome that people are talking about their ark. You know why? Because they know what it is. Now, after that, a lot of people go on to say, I wish he would just have me build a physical ark because what i got to go through and what i got to build is not what I want to do. We've all been there at some point in time in our life, haven't we? And we can say, well, yeah, well if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. But really, oftentimes, when God brings those things into our lives that He wants us to prepare, those arcs that He wants us to build, it's about, it's about you dying. It really is. It's about my flesh dying so that He may live through me. You could imagine if God really told you to go build an ark, probably halfway through cutting down the second tree, you'd be like, I am sick of this. I'm done. And pitch, where do you get that? What is that stuff? How do you make that? And, and we can all get there. Because we may say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this ark that I have to build, but I'll go build that person's ark. I'll build Sean's ark all day. But you know what? Halfway through building Sean's ark, I'd be like, man, where's Sean? Why isn't he building his ark? And we all get there. But we all get to the point of dying to self and walking in obedience to what God's called us to. And that's what the Lord's looking for. Because the less of me means that there's more of Him. Right? So we talked about prepare. Building your ark. Then we talked about protect. If you remember, Scripture says, God shut him in. God shut him in. 
to protect him for what's happening. And as we build our arcs, we need to understand that we have been given protection because we've been given an ark to build by the Lord. That's what he wants us to do. And God protects us in our tasks. He does. You're stepping into Him. If He's the one that's called you to do something, then He is there with you to help you. It's, we, we look at it in our, in our situations in life. We, we know when it goes wrong, like if your boss tells you, okay, I want you to do this, 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 and this. Sometimes the boss is there to help. Sometimes he isn't. But we all look too at even in our own families. And if I have my children take on a task, guess what? I'm there to help them. I'm there to protect them. I don't just hand Ian a circular saw and go, hey man, can you go ahead and frame out that room in the basement? Come back with ten fingers. Good luck. Ian, let me show you how to run that saw. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm, I want to come back with ten fingers. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that... But we get involved in what we tell our children to do. We get involved when we're able to be a, an accountability partner with someone. We're involved. Remember, we've got to move past that whole idea that, you know, when God rested... On the seventh day, it wasn't like our rest during football season. Send the kids outside as I'm kicking up in the recliner because I need a break. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the, the implication at all there. God's like, look, I'm going to rest with you. I'm going to be with you. And I will be with you until the end of the age. It's a promise. So that protection is given to us with the task that's been given to us. Today, patience. And I'm thrilled that everybody showed up today. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, he's talking about patience. Man, I got something going on on Sunday. Patience. You ready? Patience is a calm, a, a capacity. Patience is a capacity of calm endurance. Tolerant and even and 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 even tempered perseverance the capacity for calmly enduring pain or trying situations we don't use the word patience much we use the word waiting waiting is allowing time to go by while staying in one place Patience, here's your sermon in a sentence. Patience is waiting with the right heart attitude. Patience is waiting with the right heart attitude. Let's take a look at Noah. The rain started. Once they started, 40 days of the flood kept coming. The 17th day of the second month, it started. The waters flooded the earth 150 days. The ark rested on Mount Ararat on the 17th day of the seventh month. 
Now this started in the second month. The ark came to rest five months later. The first day of the tenth month, roughly three months later, Noah could see the tops of the mountains. That means that for two and a half months, Noah and his family sat on top of Mount Ararat, waiting, before they saw the tops of the mountains. Forty days after seeing the tops of the mountains, Noah sent, opened up a window and sent out a raven. Forty days. Then he sent out a dove, but it came back to him, so he waited seven more days. And then he, after waiting those seven days, he sent out another dove. It returned with an olive branch. Do you know what he did? Waited seven more days. And it didn't return. Guess what? It was the first day of his 106th birthday. Happy birthday, Noah. <clears throat> By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was dried up and God said to come out of the ark. It all started on the 17th day of the second month and he came out of the ark on the 27th day of the second month, a year. A year. Does it remind you of 2020? A year. In an ark. With all those animals. With his family. Hope to the Lord he got along with them. A year. And we can chuckle and we can laugh and we can look at that and go, wow, man, that's, you know, that's pretty significant. You, you ready for this? We're not talking about waiting. We're talking about being patient. I have a question. Do you guys know what the ugly cry is? You know what the ugly cry is? If you don't know what the ugly cry is, it's like... Whether it's something that's positive that happens and you're just so overwhelmed and you're just so joyful that, you know, you start crying and you may be in, the pu in public in front of some people. And so you start, you know, a few tears will start rolling and then all of a sudden that emotion really hits you and you know your face is about to distort in ways that it hasn't for a long time. And it begins to twist. And you know that you went from beautiful to ugly. You're trying to hold it together. Your shoulders are shaking, you're hiding your face, but everybody knows that there is something very ugly happening under the covering. That's the ugly cry. Has anyone ever experienced ugly waiting? Now remember, here's the definition of waiting. Allowing time to go by while staying in one place. Have you ever watched somebody become impatient, what we would call impatient. Many of those videos are on Facebook and on YouTube. And millions of people watch them because we have all either been there, acted that way, or have felt like we wanted to act that way. And you're glad somebody else did it for you. So you're going to watch them. But there is a thing called ugly waiting. And we get impatient. And we get frustrated. 
And our voice tones change. And our body language changes. And we want everybody around to know, I'm done waiting. I'm done. So fix my problem, whoever's sitting here watching. But we get to that point. That is not the patience that God's talking about. It's not the patience. I want us to keep in mind too, as we're working through this, we've all been called to build our ark. We've all been called to prepare for this rain that God is sending. And there comes a point in time when you've been through the worst of it, and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You've gotten past the point of thinking that that light is a train. I know that there's some way that, 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 that we're moving out of this. That it really is God is taking me through all of this and He's taking me into what it is that He's called me to step into and He's called me to do. And that's when from your ark you see the mountaintops. You're like, oh man, here it comes. This is great. We're, we're going to be out of here in no time. And then the raven goes to see if there's sustenance. And I say that because ravens are scavengers, right? Crows and ravens, they're scavengers. So Noah sends this raven out because he's wondering if there's something for the raven to eat. And this, this can, at points, can get pretty dark because the whole flood washed the earth. And if there's a flood, those things that are living are going to get to the highest point that they can get. Ravens are scavengers. So if the raven flies around and circles around, he finds no place to land and he finds nothing to eat, then Noah knows the water needs to go down further. Because if he found something to eat, then Noah knows time is getting much, much closer for me to get out of this ark. Then he sends out a dove and he waits seven days. And the dove comes back. Okay, not yet. It's not time to move yet. It's not time to, to step out of this whole ark experience that I've been working to prepare for whatever God is, is bringing and so then he waits. And then the raven goes out and he finds a branch. The dove finds a branch, brings it back to Noah. But see, the, the dove brought a branch. What doves do is they go into trees and they nest because that's where they're going to live. That's where they're going to make their home. That's where they're going to stay. But there was no place to stay, but there was life. And so Noah waited another seven days. Now it's at that point that I would have been like, we can make do. I've done, I've had it, been in this ark long enough. Kids, I love you, gotta go. Animals, <laughs> I've had enough. And it's at this point in time when we see what God is doing, and we're ready to step into those things. We've had enough of what we've gone through. I've been refined enough, Lord. 
I understand there's a few more things that can probably be chiseled off or a couple other things that can be refined and burned off, but God, this is good enough. I'm, I'm heading out. We'll just make do. And God's like, no, patience. You see, patience is waiting with style. Right? Patience is waiting with style. And what that is, though, it's really an understanding of patience is, is, is founded in two things. One is love, and the other is trust. And the way we see that is by how we understand when we become, or we desire, or we, when we choose impatience over patience, why do we choose impatience? One, is because of my personal self-centeredness. I'm done. I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting for you. I'm done. And most times, our reasoning will start with the word I. That means I love me more than I love you. I love me more than I love the situation or who it would impact for me to step out of where I am. I'm done waiting. Love. The second one is trust. The other reason that I choose to be impatient is because I don't trust what's going on here. I don't trust that God is in control. I don't trust that He has my best interests at heart. I trust my abilities and my talents. So you know what? I'm done. And I'm going to go make this work because I trust me more than I trust Him. The one who called me to make the ark, the one who has protected me through this time, I still am going to default and trust me more. So therefore, if I don't care or love that person that's involved with my situation, and I don't trust that God has this into control, or the person has it and the other person has it under control, then you know what? I'm going to become impatient, and I'm going to leave this situation, and I'll take care of it on my own. That's impatience. Being patient is when your trust in God and your love for Him and those involved in that collide. And I can be patient all day because I'm not the one in control of this situation. He is. And I so desperately want to watch him move in your life or whoever is in my situation that I love him that much and I love you that much that I know that he will take care of it. That's why patience is a fruit of the Spirit because it is God in motion through you. That's patience. So as Noah is in this ark, and we can all imagine, especially since we've been through 2020, the pressures of being confined to a room with a bunch of animals. I'm not talking about my children. But we get that, don't we? 
It doesn't have to be about COVID. It could be your job. Man, I just feel so trapped. It's the same thing. The role that we're in, it's, it's the same thing. And I'm confined in here. But we can't forget that God has a plan. Though it may be building an ark. Though it may have to do with becoming a different person and dying to self through that process. But even in that process, we need to be remembered that we're protected. And that the Holy Spirit that lives in you is the patience you need to see this through to the end. And church, I'm not saying it's easy. Because it isn't. But it's these times in life that are refining us to be the people that we are called to be and designed to be because the rain is coming. Because the rain is coming. Patience. Trusting in God's control in the midst of your waiting. Trusting in God's control. Proverbs fifteen eighteen tells us that a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient remains calm in a quarrel. Patience is powerful, is it not? It's one of the reasons that in, in doing the, the series that I've taught at Bible study here before on the weapons of warfare. Patience really is a weapon. Because you carry it into a quarrel or a conflict, immediately you have the upper hand. Why? Because it's a spiritual weapon that moves into a physical situation or physical conflict. And nine times out of ten, the other person doesn't know what to do with a patient person, do they? They don't. Patience. Love is patient. Love is patient. In the middle of our building of our arcs, we need to remember that. Love is patient. Noah was in the ark for a year. Amidst all of what he dealt with, he was patient. And after he came out, there was yet still a process of establishing. There was no home for him to go to. His tent was not set up, in case you're wondering. He had no garden to go to. It was all process. It's all process in trusting the one who put him in the ark and shut the door to protect him, was the one who already had a plan for his life to unfurl into what he called him to be and do. And that's for each one of us. God has an ark for us to build. Individually and corporately. He's protecting us through it. And He's telling us to be patient in it.
This is for each one of us. God has set us aside for something amazing, something great, something enjoyable. Is it going to take work? Yeah. But we get to do it together. You're not alone. God's got you. He's protecting you. He'll walk you through it. Trust Him. Don't give Him the ugly waiting. Don't make Him snatch you up by your collar. Wait with style. Trust Him in it. Build your relationship with Him in it. Not easy, but worth it. Not easy, but worth it. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this time that you've given us and how you've blessed us today. Lord, we come before you thankful for all you've done with us and for us, how much you love us, how much you care for us. Father, I pray that you allow us to see plainly or in the most unique way that we can trust you. God, I ask you to pour your love out upon us so that it impacts us deeply, so that we understand how much you love us so that we can be that conduit for your love to flow through into the lives of those around us. Lord God, we, we do. We love you. And God, we worship you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.